You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. This podcast is sponsored by Rask Invest, my guide to money and investing on the ASX and globally. To learn more about Rask Invest, follow the link in your podcast player. Don't forget that in November 2019, the Rask team and I will be hosting investor events in Melbourne and Sydney with lots of great guests and giveaways. The events are sponsored by our friends at ShareSite and Strawman.com. In addition to the evening events, I'll be hosting up to 20 DIY investors for intensive one-day investing research and valuation workshops. If you want to learn the nitty-gritty of investing in businesses, follow the link available in your podcast player to learn more. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast, a podcast for people who want to learn more about their personal finances and get the most from their money. This series is hosted by Kate Campbell from How To Money and Owen Raskovich from Rask Finance. The Australian Finance Podcast is provided for educational purposes only. The information is general in nature and does not take into account your needs, goals, or objectives. What that means is the information does not apply to you specifically. So consider getting the advice of a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information. Kate, welcome back to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast where we talk ethical investing. Hi, Owen. It's good to be back because we had a little bit of a break last week. Yeah, we did. We um, went on holiday for about a week and we failed to record. No, actually... um, was my mainly my fault just having a few issues behind the scenes here at Rask but uh, we also held an event last week in Melbourne and we got one coming up this week so uh, there's an event in Sydney if anyone is around on Wednesday the 20th of November if you're listening to this it's probably tomorrow night we're recording this on the Monday so it's probably Tuesday if you are around please google Rask events and find out more all the uh, proceeds Above our costs are going to go to the New South Wales bushfire effort, so get behind it. Mm, and the Melbourne event was a lot of fun, and it's a, always a good to go to these kind of invest, investing events to meet new people and yep. other people. Maybe you don't have someone in your own life that you can talk about finance and investing with, and going to these events is a good way to meet someone that maybe you can talk to and keep you accountable. So it's always good to have someone in your life that you can sort of bounce ideas off when it comes to money. Totally. like um, You know what? 
I've, did we meet at the last Rask event? Is that where you and I met? Oh, I think we met in person once before, but we definitely, that we, was probably the I second time I definitely remember you from that event. Late, uh, late in 2018. Right. And then look where it's taken us. Like <laughs> we found out that we were both finance people living in Melbourne. Actually not too far apart from Not far apart, like literally so. one suburb away. And look where the podcast is now, you know. Don't want to give away the secret sauce, but a couple of hundred thousand people um, listening to this podcast or have listened. Um, and that came as a result of us sharing a mutual interest and going out and meeting each other. Or we'll say meeting each other at one of these events. So if you're in Sydney and you're around, please get on board and uh, help yourself, help us help those people affected by bushfires. Cool. Awesome. And the topic of today's conversation, Kate, is ethical investing. Yes. So it's definitely a very topical Mm. area um, when it comes to investing over the last few years. And I mean, especially since we've had the climate strikes this year. Yeah, very timely. (laughs) Very timely as well. We definitely didn't plan this, but it's probably going to help that this is like ethical investing, sustainable investing, and it just happens when all this stuff's going on. Yeah. And I think ethical investing can be a bit confusing because every single article you read will use sort of a different variation. We've got in like, um, they might say socially responsible investing or socially conscious investing Mm. or environmental social governance. So the acronym ESG investing, like there's a lot of different ways to describe similar things. There's maybe Mm. different nuances for some of them. Um, Yeah. And different firms will define the terms differently when it comes to their own approach. Well, I think that's one of the things we'll talk to as well is that everyone themself, themselves defines ethics differently, right? Mm. What you say is unethical, I might say is completely ethical. Yeah. And that's something you kind of need to get to grips with if you are going down this road. You might find investments, fund managers, companies, super funds, ETFs that aren't necessarily your ethics entirely but they might be most of the way there. So you kind of, at least for now, it's kind of, you know, the best fit. Yeah. Like it might not be perfect. It's but. a lot about just being aware of what you're invested in and what the company does. Mm. And if you do a bit of research in the company, often you'll find those surface level things. And there's other times where a company might be doing something completely against your personal values, but you don't know about it until it all sort of comes to the media surface a few years later. So mm. it can be really hard. Yeah, totally. Okay, so I think one of the things we should do, just for people, uh, you just looked up a definition of ethical investing, is that right? Yes. In front of you. So why don't you give us like, what do the official bodies say ethical investing is? Yeah, so I was looking at one of the websites for the Ethics Centre of Australia, it's ethics.org.au. They often publish some really interesting articles and it's obviously not investing focused, but it's definitely a good place to start. Um, And on one of their pages, they say... Um, whenever we make a choice, it was possible for us to have made a different one. Mm-hmm. And um, sort of like ethics is only possible because we can act against our nature based on our conscience. It stops us from simply describing what is likely to happen and make and allows us to make judgments about what should happen. Right. Of all the ways you could act, what is the best way? Mm-hmm. Of all the possibilities, which one you should you bring into reality? And that's the question ethics seeks to answer. So like, we were looking online. There's no sort of set definition. I mean, yep. there's a definition for the word ethics. I think we found that one, just the Google definition, which was moral principles that govern a person's behavior. Mm-hmm. And so if you apply that to investing, you'd say like moral 
principles that govern your investing. Yeah. Or where you put money. Right? And it's it's working out what what are your values, what do you want to support, what do you not want to support, and then what do you want to avoid, and then sort of letting that filter down into your investment approach. Mm. Okay, so this is it's probably a bit strange for people, right? Like people probably like the idea that like you can slap ethical on anything and it sounds a lot better. Yeah. Like ethical hamburger, ethical whatever you want to put it on. Yeah, really. eth- and it sounds ethically great. Ethically sourced meat. Yeah, that's it. 100% Australian beef. Oh, that's a copyright. Sorry. Um, so when we talk about ethical investing, it might seem a bit strange. So what are we talking about? What? How does what we do with our money make a difference? I guess in the, just a broad sense, how would that even make a difference? Yeah. So, well, when you're, when you're investing in a company, you're essentially buying a small piece of it. So I guess it it's sort of more pronounced when you're investing in a listed company. But even if you were starting up a small business and putting your money into that, um, are you putting your money where your values are? And do you want to, um, like, are you wanting to wake up every day knowing that you're aligned with your values? And mm-hmm. I guess the answer is really different for everybody and everyone's values are different. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's even like topics that Owen and I are completely different approach when it comes to investing, but it's, it's really personal and it, it comes down to knowing what you want and what you value and then approaching it that way. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree. more. use the example of starting a, another business. I think that's a really good way to think about it. So one thing that people don't really grasp is that when you buy shares in your stock brokerage account, that money that you use to buy the shares doesn't actually go to the company. So there's a distinction here. When you buy them in your brokerage account, you're not actually giving that money to the, the company, but you're buying them from another investor. And what that does, if there's more buying and selling activity or like trading of shares, if you like, the company itself typically benefits from more activity in the shares by increasing the valuation of those shares as more investors try and bid up the share price, right? Mm. So that benefits the company to have a higher share price, which they can then use for other things that they do. But there's also a distinction there with when you are what we call the first round of capital, like you put your money into the company initially. So when mm. they do like capital raisings or private companies. But I guess the the most simple thing here is that you're not supporting them in either way. So if you choose it to, to believe that something's unethical, what you what you can do is not invest in them. And if enough people do that, then capitalism should kick in and the money that goes, that would have gone to them goes to something else that is ethical or like mm. m- more socially acceptable. And then that company benefits from it and not the one that that you think is unethical. But as we know, you know, unethical companies exist, at least, you know, depending on the definition. Um, Okay, so I've kind of bucketed it here as two ways to think about investing. One is ethical investing, rather. One is to be positive or use impact investing. So we've talked about this, like encouraging people to invest. In the good stuff. In the good stuff, yeah. yeah. The, The things that you think, make a difference for the positive uh, to society and then the other one is just avoid the bad stuff so there's kind of like two sides of that coin you can either just avoid investing in things that do bad things as a result of what they do or invest in things that you believe do the good things and my stance is not so much to support companies that do the good things it's more so to avoid the companies do the bad stuff Mm. and the reason i think about that is because um you know if you are investing in a company for the long term, as I do, like in individual shares, and when we do our research and all that sort of stuff, if you are investing in, com- in a company that is a sustainable business and 
consumers or businesses use its products every day and love it, chances are that company's acting sustainably. Mm. Because if you're investing for five or ten years, you kind of have to have that mindset. If you're, and if you're not, then it's a pretty hard way to, to make money. But that's kind of the way I think about it. I just avoid that, the big ticket items. Yeah. So when you're looking at that positive screening approach, you might look for companies that are actively supporting um, Indigenous people or uh, building... Renewable energy. Yeah, renewable energy or actively um, making sure that their company has a diverse hiring policy or things like anything like that. Yeah. Um, and you're looking at the, the things you'd like and you want to, you want more of it. Mm. Mm. And we talk about ESG. So you mentioned it early on, um, environmental, social and governance. Yeah. And those are like the three pillars, I guess you could say of companies and of the fund managers themselves and of you as an investor that you can think about. So how is this company or investment being impacted or impacting the environment, society, and uh, governance and that means how is it regulated kind of thing and how is it accountable checks and balances Uh, so you can think about the companies that you invest in or the etfs that you invest in blah 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 blah, through that prism and that's a really neat one and the good thing about that is most companies report on that they call it the triple bottom line it's profit and then there's all this other stuff Um, and so you can read in an annual report how a company approaches esg but you can also go to most fund managers websites and dig into what they stand for. Mm. My experience with, um, and this comes back to my point earlier on about investing in sustainable businesses, not from an ethical point of view, but just from a sustainability Mm. point of view for the business longevity. Most fund managers, most good fund managers, avoid the really, you know, the minefield that is ESG. So they avoid things like pornography, um, armaments, um, gambling, and you've got child slavery, nuclear weapons, those types of things. Most fund managers avoid that because they're not looking for that. They're looking for f- sustainable businesses. Mm. Does that make sense? But you have to ask them. A lot of the times you have to ask them because sometimes they won't say it's like we're an ethical fund. They just say, yeah, of course we avoid that stuff. Yeah. And they'll often have nowadays an ESG or a, like a, a policy yeah. or a socially responsible investing policy um, that you can ask for. It might be in the, uh, the documents section at the bottom of the screen. So that's always worth worth mm. having a look at and how they define it because it because it comes down to individual choice and so if you're going to a firm it's sort of usually a group consensus but that's all you're getting that sort of consensus mm. okay so we've talked about the different ways you can invest ethically so some of them like for example etfs right yep and we talked off air there are some etfs that are set up to invest quote unquote ethically so they have a set of rules that they follow and then they buy shares in those companies that they believe are ethical. But we talked about this off air. If you've invested in just passive index funds, so like the really popular common ones, like just the broad market ones, you're probably getting some unethical companies, right? Hmm. Or at least in, if you were to look at them individually, you'd think, oh, that's pretty unethical. You know, it builds bombs or whatever. Yeah. So that's something to be mindful of. Mm. And this is kind of where it's like, who's ethics, but also how far down do you go? To your quote about, um, how you define ethics if you have a set of choices right you might have 10 choices of what to invest in if you listed them from most ethical to least ethical it's not saying that you need to go to the most ethical one it's just that understanding your impact and you might come back from that a bit and instead of choosing the most unethical you might come back and be like yeah it's not entirely ethical but it's not the worst either this mm-hmm. is how i choose to allocate my money 
Yeah, and it's owning that. Yeah, and definitely when it, you're looking at those exchange traded funds, the the ethical ones, um, and their websites, you want to have a look at what filters they're using and how are they defining their ethical filter, and what are they excluding? Are they looking? Are they just doing an exclusion approach, or are they actually um, focusing on positive, in, like an impact approach as well on top mm. of that? Yeah, most of these. So most of the fund managers and most of the ETFs. And even the super funds that say they're quote unquote ethical, they will outsource the responsibility of ethical screening or they will outsource, um, you know, the, the research that goes with governance. And that is a very cheap way for them to do it. You know, mm. they effectively have this thing that invest, this ETF that invests in shares. And then they just go and talk to this third party and say, every quarter, can you just do, can you just send us the list of the most ethical companies and we'll just slap them in? Yeah. And it's a, kind of, it's a really lazy way to do it. They would argue that, oh, you know, these guys are the experts, so they should be doing it. But I mean, I, what I would say, two things about ETFs, don't get sucked in by the label. That's the first thing. And the second thing is don't pay up for it. Yeah. You don't have to. Like, there's so much just BS out there about, you know, this is an ethical fund, that's an ethical fund, and you've got to pay extra because we do this, this, and this. It really, if you're just getting like a quarterly or monthly note from some third party, it doesn't cost a lot of money. You know, anyway, that's rant over. Yeah. Sometimes uh, ethical share funds, like the managed funds, can cost quite a, a significant amount more than maybe just a regular fund or a, that's it. an ETF. So. Yeah. And they don't need to. Mm. Okay, so um, what about shares? Can you invest ethically in shares? Yeah, it's probably if if you really want to invest according to your values, that might be the best way to do it because you are looking at each company individually and going, do I want to support this? Does mm. this company act in line with my values? Do I want my money there? Um, and so you can actually look at each company individually and go, I want to invest here. I don't want to invest here. Mm. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's a really good point. So that's kind of how I look at it, right? It's if it's not a sustainable business, I wouldn't invest in it in the first place. Mm. But also, it's kind of like there's a blanket rule. There's enough shares on the stock exchange that you don't need to invest in defense businesses if you don't want to, or weapons manufacturers, or you know whatever. You yeah. don't have to if you don't want to. So I think that's if you wanted to get your hands dirty and get into like the nitty gritty of what you're buying and selling and how they approach ethics or the environment. By all means, you can do that. Yeah, and when you're getting started, if you're looking at individual shares, using that environmental social governance framework is often a good place to start because I think most investors, even if they're not particularly looking at that ethical side of things, will want to know what sort of environmental issues this company is causing because PR issues. Mm. Um, and they want to know how the company's benefiting society and if people like the product and it's growing and um, and they want to know how the board uh, is managed for the company and how the employees like other employees happy um, mm. and that sort of thing so often you'll look at those factors maybe without even realizing it yeah totally um, another thing is you obviously can support businesses or shares if you invest in them with through buying or sell or buying the shares mm. but at, another way you can do it is you can own the debt of a business so it's like imagine it's like a house and if the house is an ethical house, you can either be an owner of the house or you can supply the debt for someone to buy that house. And that's what we call a bond. So there's the bond market and there's the share market. In the bond market, you can choose to buy bonds or invest in bonds that are also sustainable, quote unquote, sustainable mm -hmm. or green bonds. So you can do that too. It's a bit more technical. It's a bit different. And you probably need to go through a fund manager to do that. But you can definitely apply 
sustainable investing principles to the bond market as well. Mm. Um, we won't need to get into the nitty gritty here because I doubt anyone listening to this podcast has a real interest in that. But if you want to find out about it, you can call, you can Google something called green bonds. Yeah, and the, I guess the last big thing is your superannuation mm-hmm. because if you, if you haven't thought about it, your superannuation is probably invested in most of the Australian market, like all the top companies. Yeah, just sort of using that broad brush. So unless you actually go and have a look or do anything about it, they'll just keep going along their merry way. And I think some of the biggest uh, super funds in Australia have actually um, recently clarified their approach on um, the environmental social governance issues and are sort of saying instead of the um, avoidance approach, they want to take a more active approach because they have a lot of power when it Mm. comes to... um, getting a place at the table with CEOs of these large companies. They actually want to meet with these CEOs and try and see what they're doing to become a more uh, sustainable business. And they also have a lot of voting rights. Mm, definitely. Yeah, they do. But that's interesting. Um, so another thing is one of my rules is that don't pay eth- don't pay extra to be ethical. Yeah. You don't have to. It's such a crock of shit. Excuse my French. Can I say that? <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's just nuts because you don't need – like if for someone just to invest sustainably – doesn't cost any more than for someone to invest unsustainably like it doesn't change the process at all yeah so it's just a crock and that in itself you could say you could ask whether that's ethical or not but anyway and i guess whenever there's a new area of interest there's always someone thinking of a way to yeah potentially exploit the system so i mean we were googling ethical ethical investing today and i mean the ads that come up first the first three or four ads um are probably not things you'd want to go near Mm. Um, they're like trading platforms and all sorts of strange ethical investing opportunities that I mean I wouldn't touch. Yeah, um, and it, yeah, it's a lot of that just junk. the marketing. It's, uh, yeah. So I guess clickbait. Yeah, don't don't fall for the clickbait and actually do your investigation and find out what they're actually investing in. Yeah, and don't yeah, as Owen said, don't pay extra for ethical. Yeah, that's it. You don't have to. And so one of the common criticisms um i'm going to skip ahead to here a little bit but one of the most common uh arguments against ethical investing is well capitalism will do its work and it will kind of find its way to the most sustainable companies Mm. and if you don't invest ethically therefore you're going to miss out on gains so you're going to miss out on opportunities and that's a really valid point do you lose by investing ethically and i think the answer again is no if you buy an ETF or a super fund or a managed fund that is a hunk of junk and it's just got an ethical label on it, uh, label on it, yeah, for sure, you're going to lose out. But you could do that anyway. Like you could buy the wrong yeah. managed fund or whatever. But it's not necessarily a bad thing to invest ethically. I don't think. Anyway. I haven't seen any evidence that says all ethical funds do poorly. Yeah. I mean, there hasn't been a heap of re- evidence no. and research done, but... The, we saw a, a few things today um, mm. that did say you weren't negatively impact over a period of 20 years. Yeah. And the thing is, you, should, you wouldn't be, right? Because mm. it, you're still investing in companies. And I think if you're a share market investor, so individual shares, you know, who's to say that something is ethical, something is not? Doesn't, just because what you think about it doesn't mean the performance is going to be any different. Yeah. And so I, I, I wouldn't buy that either. I'd say just focus on what you know, do your research, and yeah, don't necessarily be tempted by what other people suggest. Okay, so one thing um, extra here is there's two things you've probably never heard of 
unless you're in the finance industry. And even then, you probably haven't heard of it <laughs> anyway. So two things, one's called PRI and the other one's called RIAA. And during my time as a funds management analyst, this is, these are the two big bodies that regulate um, the investment management industry with regards to ethics. So uh, PRI stands for Principles of Responsible Investment, I believe. I could just be making that up as I go along. I can check. But the other one is the responsible investment something, something, something. It's RIAA. And the fact that I don't really know exactly what the acronym stands for tells you a bit about it. Yeah, principles for responsible investment. Yeah. And so basically these are external bodies that regulate the funds management industry and typically the firms as a whole. And so the the companies can subscribe to these principles and then choose to be vetted by them. And so that's, you know, that's as far as I know, it's voluntary. Uh, but that's just something you can look for. So PRI and RIAA. They've got a pretty big website. It's uh, unpri.org. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looks like a lot of resources on uh, topical issues. So yeah, that's good. they definitely. know a lot more than we do, so go there. Another one you can do, so this is aside from that, but another thing you can do if you're investing on the ASX, and most companies report this anyhow, but you can get a governance statement. So it's rules that aren't necessarily related to ethics, but more so the supervision of the company. Mm. And this is normally on the their website. And I believe, Kate, you might know the answer to this, but I believe if you list on the ASX, if you're a company that's on the ASX, you have to have a governance policy as part of your listing rules. I'm almost certain of it uh, because some companies still have terrible listing rules. Uh, so, sorry, listing compliance. Um, and it, it pops up as a red flag for me. But anyway, you can go to their website and on their investor page, it'll have the governance statement or governance mm policy and it kind of sets out like how many people have to be on the board if they have any rules with regards to experience or diversity all those types of things because the ASX kind of sets a minimum minimum hurdle for them so that's another thing to check out and you were saying off air which is a really good point about just finding companies that are ethical and or have high governance are probably better investments anyway right yeah because if they don't if they've got no sort of stringent policies on their board or their employees and there's no sort of checks and balances, then there can be a lot of risks involved mm. there. And you yep. want to hear they're managing the company's money as well and they're employing good people. Yeah, and you said too, like it's probably easier to understand good governance and why you need, you know, independent directors and yeah. this type of incentive structure and all this stuff. You're, you're spot on when you say it's probably easier to understand that stuff than it is to like, Create a discounted cash flow analysis, do yeah. valuations, understand financial statements, <laughs> all this type of stuff, right? It's probably an easy way to start investing. Yeah, Focus on the governance. Definitely. As a new investor, I'm generally looking at the more holistic issues because I don't know all the complicated methods behind investing. I'm, I'm looking at how the company impacts the country and vice versa and how what do their employees think about working there and... Um, how the directors manage the company. So these sort of things you can kind of get an idea of without having to, I mean, go into the numbers too much. Mm-hmm. Good one. Okay. Um, well, this is a little thing that's come up because ethical investing is in vogue at the moment. It's very popular. Mm. One thing you could do is you could check the policy of the fund manager that launches this quote-unquote ethical fund before they launch the ethical fund. Mm. So that were they investing ethically prior to that or was it just a thing that they did for marketing yeah and i have seen a a few firms in australia actually just pop up offering ethical funds out of nowhere so Mm. i guess i mean they might they might be perfectly fine but definitely look at the track record and the history of the fund manager yeah or the person um advertising the fund 
I, if a fund manager doesn't tell you who the actual fund manager is, I'd be a bit worried. But um, yeah, you look for the track record of that person and where they've worked before. They might have been in another ethical firm or something like that. Yeah, totally. Cool. Um, okay, Kate, I think we've talked a bit to the ethics. So I think the last thing to do is just consider who's ethics when you invest. Yeah. If it's, you know, if you're, if you're saying don't invest in nuclear energy, for example, um, is that your ethics or something that you read online? I've got a bit of a gripe with that one. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, right, right I think to it, me, it just, add. <laughs> it just starts by working out what you want to support and what you want to avoid yeah. and then find a solution for you that um, whether it be an exchange traded fund, a management fund, direct investing, uh, looking at where your super's invested, yeah. work, work out what works for you. Pretty simple strategies. Consider your impact, you know, not just with what you do day to day, whether you eat meat, whether you don't, whether you you know, go to these rallies or when yeah. you don't, but actually where your money's invested too. It's another way you can act sustainably. Um, okay, cool. And well, really just cut through the BS on this. There's a lot of crap yeah. out there. Um, I think with anything of yeah. investing, if there's money to be made somewhere, there'll be some yeah, they're gonna BS market it. about it. Yeah, really well. Fancy so marketing. Go back to the source documents, find the notes from the scientists if you have to and yeah. make sure it's actually something ethical. Um, and go from there. Cool. Yeah. And we'll put a few, um, I found a few different resources online, so I'll put them in the show notes as well so you can have a further dig into those. Great. Yeah, there's heaps. Cool. <laughs> Kate, where can people find you? Uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus or howtomoney.online. Cool. And you can find me on both of those social platforms at Owen Rask. <laughs> and um, you can Google Rask or Rask Finance and uh, find our websites. Anyway, Kate, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.